Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all new and mightier 1090 AM. Good afternoon on a beautiful Wednesday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty Year 1090 in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I am joined as always by producers Jihei Wiley and Armani Buckets. How are we doing on this beautiful day? Well, it is a beautiful day, Arash. Uh, sun shining, uh, you know, f- fridges full of food and uh, my, I know, which is very rare for me actually, um, and my Dukies beat Georgia Tech last night. So I'm ah. a happy, happy camper. That's awesome. I, I actually, you know, the thing is when the Lakers played the Kings, I never know what to expect because <laughs> last night there were some flashes of 2002 at the end there. I don't know what was going on, but it was a, an eventful Tuesday for a Lakers and Kings game. I, was, I will say that much. Exactly. I mean, that, that was such a great rivalry back in the day, 2000, 2001, 2002, when you had, you know, Shaq and Vlade and Mike Bibby and... Kobe and Chris Webber, and uh, listen, I'm not comparing last night's game to that, but it was a very significant game for one very important reason. Russell Westbrook had zero turnovers. I never thought I would say that. I, I, I don't think that that was a sentence that was possible to be uh, said and be truthful at the same time. It is the first time... Russell Westbrook has not had a turnover in a game since March 14, 2016. Since turnovers began being tracked by the league back in 1977, that 407-game streak was the longest in terms of a player not having a turnover. So again, that streak was snapped, 407 games. Russell Westbrook had no turnovers. And as a team... As a team, the Lakers just had five, their fewest since 2014. I mean, just if they can do that, and again, I don't expect that to happen on a consistent basis, but certainly when you talk about uh, what they did on Sunday, when Westbrook had nine turnovers, if you could even just cut that in half, if you can have a couple of turnovers and not the needless turnovers that lead to points, that's what the Lakers have to do. And I'm not saying that this is a championship team or a contending team, but if that small thing happens, and I guess it's not a small thing because he's been doing this his entire career, if, if this is the beginning of us seeing that he's changing his ways, and again, he got a lot of flack, not only for the nine turnovers on Sunday, but in the way that he was so cavalier about it, where like, that's going to happen, that's part of basketball. And it's like, no, like, like nine turnovers is not part of the game. So Buckets, when I watched the Lakers last night, that was the number one thing. If you, if you just get shots on goal, and even if you don't make them, but you don't turn the ball over, it's not a five-on-zero or a five-on-one or a three-on-one fast break. I mean, if you can just control the basketball, if you cannot turn the ball over or, or, or just, you know, have it be a normal amount of, tur- of turnovers, the Lakers have a chance to be successful. I have a lot of thoughts about Russell Westbrook. <laughs> First of all, I was always a Russell Westbrook supporter and defender. Not in the sense that you can win with him, just in the sense that I always was rooting for him to succeed. Yeah. I don't think he can play basketball at a high level anymore. 
it was great. He had zero turnovers. I didn't think he had an amazing game. He was 7 of 19 from the field. He was a plus 17. That's huge. So the thing is, that was the best version of Westbrook that I think exists today. That's the good news. Now, the bad news is that you almost can guarantee that the flip side of it is going to happen on Friday night in their next game because that's the Russell Westbrook experience. You have a good game followed by a potential disaster. Now, an interesting thing about that Westbrook thing is he didn't have any turnovers since 2016, the first game, right, that he had zero. A guy like Chris Paul has had 47 games with 10 assists and no turnovers. Yeah, that's amazing. And I know that's not about Russell Westbrook, but it shows you the disparity between the two and how they manage a game. With Westbrook, it just seems like the game is going to turn into disaster at some point. And it's amazing to me that with five turnovers as a team, they still, you play a good game, you play a clean game, and you still barely beat Sacramento. Exactly. Well, that's that's the problem, I think, for this team, which is why I'm not going to go to the extreme of saying, wow, this is a turning point moment for the team. They you know, only had five turnovers, um, and look what they did. Listen, they were going up against these Sacramento Kings, and they didn't even blow out the Kings again. I mean, they've, they've had games this year against Portland, for example, where, where they've blown out a far inferior team. I mean, Sacramento right now is 16-23, and 23, so when you have to go to the end of the game, and by the way, they had to come back to, to win that game. So they played a cleaner game. What happens, though, when they play a clean game? It gives you a chance to win. It gives you a chance to, to succeed. There is a trickle-down effect when, when your point guard doesn't turn the ball over nine to ten times. You can be in a position to win. Again, I'm not saying that this is going to be the turnaround for that team. But, gee, if you don't turn the ball over, if you can just get shots on goal and not put yourself in a position where transition defense, transition defense, like what the heck just happened? And it's frustrating for a team when you see your point guard do things like that. And, again, they all say the, the correct things post game. We want Russ to be Russ. Well, that's fine. But you don't want to have him turn the ball over 10 times. Yeah, if this is Russ being Russ, you know, turning the ball over 9, 10, you know, even five times, I don't want Russ to be Russ. I want five <laughs> times. I mean, I'll, yeah. I mean I'll, again, I'll take five because I've seen him time and time again this year have 9, 10, 11, 12. So I, I think if, if, if you can get Westbrook in that three to four, again, I mean, I, I have no problem with good turnovers. Good turnovers are, if you're doing the right thing, the play doesn't go that way. That's why I have no problem with shots on goal if they don't go in. Good shots on goal. And in not bad turnovers, time and time again with this team, and they've been put in compromising positions defensively, just bad turnovers. Here's the thing. is that When I was in college, my, our college goal for turnovers was five for the game. So uh, this is why, like, my expectations are a little higher for any NBA team. Yeah, no right? doubt about so, that. So, I mean, the fact that you're saying, like, you know, five would be optimal for Russ to turn the ball over. I got to walk think, before I can run, though. Like, no, if the guys 100%. turn the ball over ten times, I'll take five, and then from five, I'll go down to you'll, two you'll, to zero. But, like, and again, he's not, like, averaging ten turnovers right. a game, but, I mean, we've seen a ton of times. And, by the way, Five turnovers the team had on a Tuesday. That is their fewest since 2014. So, again, I'm not expecting them to do that consistently when they were a championship team. They turned the ball over more than five times. 
again, turnovers are part of the game. What you can't have is needless turnovers. You can't have 20 turnovers for the team. And so at some point in time, there's enough talent on this team where if you just get good shots off, you don't always have to make them, of course, and you don't turn the ball over at a high level, you give yourself a chance to succeed. Yeah, no, I, I, again, I agree with that. Obviously, if you have the ball more than the other team, you have a higher percentage of scoring of, you know, of doing better. The old Mike D'Antoni, just shoot, and uh, we're going to get more shots than you. I'm just, I'm just concerned that, like, first of all, this is a team they're supposed to beat, right? We can all agree with that. This is a team that you were supposed to beat. Um, This isn't a team that you should have been down in the third. Like, you should have been whooping them the whole entire time, in my personal opinion. So... The Lakers have a long way to go. I think this is a step in the right direction, but this they have a long way to go still. Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's what I really like, and again, we, we've talked about how poor the Western Conference is this year, how, listen, if they can just stick around 500, and by the way, they are above 500 for the first time in 2022. They are now 20 and 19, and again, we are right around that halfway mark of the season. Um if they can stay around this, and again, I, I would like them to be a couple of games above 500, but here's why I'm not as, de- de- as dire as I was on this team's chances to make the postseason. At 20 and 19 right now, they are in a virtual tie for that number five seed with the Mavericks and with the Denver Nuggets. Again, I, I don't think they're catching the Grizzlies, not that they're that far away from them, but you know they're, they're five games back of the Grizzlies. I don't think that they will catch them. But if you're in that 4-5 matchup, and even if, again, you're in that uh, you know 3-6 matchup, whether it's the Utah Jazz or the Memphis Grizzlies, by the way, they play the Grizzlies at uh, the Crypt on Sunday, I think that's a winnable series. And by winnable, I mean, it's kind of a coin flip. I mean, would, would Las Vegas is going to favor the Grizzlies or the Jazz? But you know, listen, if it's a seven-game series against two teams that, you know, don't have championship experience, I'll take LeBron James and Anthony Davis and, and see what they can do. But again, we've mentioned this before, and as we sit here today at 20 and 19, the Lakers are tied for the number five seed. I think the best case scenario for the Lakers the rest of the season would be finishing in fifth, playing Memphis round one, and then praying and hoping, and I think it's possible that Utah ends up with the one seed uh-huh. because Utah's two and a half games back and they are a very, very good regular season That's a great team, point. as we know. So it's not impossible that the Suns and the Warriors kind of coast the rest of the way and somehow Utah sneaks into that one seed. Then could you imagine the Lakers get the Grizzlies round one, as you were just saying, a very winnable series. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, round two, you get a little bit of momentum if you beat the Grizzlies, obviously, and then you get Utah. And That's then huge. Golden State and Phoenix knock each other out. Ah. And then it's like, where did this happen? All know. of a sudden, the Lakers are in the Western Conference Finals. Now, I don't want to get out. Like- no, but you know what? I mean, when, when, when people prior to this run that they've had, and again, the, the, you know, they're 20 and 19, so let's slow our rolls. But, you know, th- there was this feeling like, shoot, this team's going to finish below 500. They're not going to make the playoffs. Again, th- there were signs of things to be happy about in terms of players playing within the, the system and um, perhaps turning the corner. Again, if Anthony Davis can come back and be at least close to what he was in Florida when they won the championship, and he really hasn't been since then, 
that's a game changer as well. You're, you're, you're not getting a role player. You're not getting Nun or Monk or so. You are getting a guy who, when he's healthy, when he's right, is a top five player. Again, he hasn't been that since, you know, 2020. But that's what they have to be positive about. And shoot, if they get that kind of a pathway to the Western Conference Finals, and again, things happen. Players go down in the postseason. Players get hurt. I mean, Toronto, as great as Toronto was with Kawhi, I mean, we, we, we can all be real. They don't win that championship if the Warriors are 100% healthy. So things happen. I don't think the Suns get to, to the finals last year if they don't play teams that, that, that are hurt. So things happen. Certainly, if you can avoid the Warriors or the Suns until the conference finals, certainly if you can play Memphis in round one, perhaps Utah in round two, as dire as this season has been or was prior to this current stretch of games, they're in the thick of things. They're in the thick of things. And I really didn't think I would say that even two weeks ago. The only problem I have with it is the fact that they get so hyped to beat Sacramento. (laughs) Yeah. I get it. You're in the thick of it. You're 20 and 19. You're tied (laughs) for fifth. But the, the boasting at the end of the game against the Sacramento Kings, it just irked me. It rubbed me the wrong way. And full disclosure, I grew up not rooting for the Lakers and I've gotten over it. I treat them with respect and I try to remain unbiased. But then when they started to chirp, especially LeBron at the end of the game, I was like, Dude, save that for the Warriors. Save that for the Suns. Yeah. You're going to let that out on poor Sacramento. I mean, come <laughs> on. That's the only issue I had with last night's victory. Yeah, what did he say at the end? Because he can't what, what repeat, he can't repeat, repeat it. it. We can't repeat it? Okay. I but I, I am a blinking, blinking. Uh, problem. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get it that they have to be hype about something, but I agree with you. I'm like, man, act like you've been there before. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> because didn't James Worthy say that? I think the Timberwolves beat the Lakers, and James oh, yes. Worthy says something to the effect of, like, act like you've been there before or something. And it's like, well, A, the Timberwolves haven't been there. So for yeah. them, it is a big deal to beat LeBron James and the Lakers. So that that is um, not... Something where, like, listen, they have a championship to compare it to. LeBron James, on the other hand, has won a championship, obviously did so multiple. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And he's done this before where he'll do the calm down thing. I forgot (laughs) again. I'm pretty sure that was against the sub 500 team, uh, you know, so. It was Indiana. Indiana, yeah. So, I mean, mean, there's, there's been a few times this year where LeBron has done that. I would say. If it helps hype up the team, but yeah, listen, you're right. That was at the end. It was less than a minute left of a 116-112 with less than one minute left. And he was looking, I think he was looking at Tristan Thompson uh, yeah, on the was. Kings bench. But still, it's like, really? I don't know. And and of all people, you're gonna you're gonna talk smack to Tristan Thompson. <laughs> like Well, that's a, a former <laughs> teammate, so I'm, I'm I'm trying to figure out what Tristan said. But but no matter what he said, it's like, I don't know. I not necessary to to, right? to say any of it that. It doesn't yeah. doesn't really make a whole heck of a lot of sense. <laughs> but you know, the good thing for the for the Lakers is they are back above five hundred. They're in a tie for that fifth seed, and uh, yeah, Malik Monk also six Your games guy. twenty point uh, twenty points a game over the last six games. So there you go. That looks like a legitimate player that you can trust. 
Maybe now was Monk either. the guy that you were saying that you can't trust? I mean, because there are listen, it Monk Monk was. Monk was available because he would have a twenty-four point game, six point game, you know, two point game, twenty point game, where where you just wouldn't know what to expect. Now, if 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 that script is flipped, I mean, if you can't depend on him again, not twenty points a night. But if you could depend on them, that changes things. It definitely changes things. I thought the comments by Frank Vogel before the game were very interesting regarding Taylor Horton Tucker yeah. and basically his role being uncertain going forward. That was um, interesting because he was trying to spark some confidence in him and yeah. try to get him to be motivated. And then THD had one of his best games of the year. So now you look at the bigger picture Vogel also said that Kendrick Nunn was going to be a part of the rotation immediately when he returned. So yeah. it's like, okay, so Monk is playing well, THT, they're trying to motivate him, and then Nunn. All of a sudden, the the wing depth doesn't look as disastrous as it did a month ago. Yeah, I mean, here's the problem, and they can't go back in time. If THT is kind of fallen off and he's not going to get the playing time that was such a golden a trading prospect for them again they could have gotten who, who Kyle, was, Lowry. Kyle Lowry and, and, and if you look at what they were a year ago I mean if they had made that trade again they had to be healthy for them to have a run a year ago but th- that's a team that they were healthy with Kyle Lowry could have repeated I, 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 at least been in the mix and so if THT and again He's still so young. We have to, you know, I mean, he was not even 21 when they won the championship. But if he's fallen off, if, if he's not on the rotation, if he's no longer that, that big trading piece, I mean, that hurts them. I mean, because he was the one guy that I'm like, all right, if, if you package THT with another player and draft picks, I mean, maybe you could do something. But if there's no value there, if he's not in the rotation, Again, there's no one on this team that that you can really trade right now in terms of you know trying to fix this team or and again I think that they're gonna try but I, I really don't know what they can do. I don't know what they can do either, but I think that you know a lot of that THT stuff was internally done by the Lakers to try to prep up his trade value because I, see. I honestly. When I watch him play, he can't really shoot. They, they, they hype up his defense. His defense is, is pretty solid, but it's either get to the rim and he needs the ball in his hands to be effective and playing on a team with LeBron and Russell Westbrook. Yeah. You know, I didn't understand the whole notion of THT is this, this valuable trade asset. Now, if they, you know, the rumors about Kyle Lowry seem to be verifiably true. Yeah. So there was a point in time where he did have trade value. But I just don't see it. Now, the interesting thing about trades and trade rumors is the night after Russell Westbrook has maybe his, I don't know, I don't want to say best performance of the season, but cleanest performance of the season. Sure. Immediately, his name is in the athletic again this morning. (laughs) The Lakers are entertaining trade offers for Russell Westbrook. And it's like every time they're like, oh, can we, can we? Poke him yeah. in, on the trade market and see if we can get something for him. That's how I view it, um, which is very interesting because there's no way that they can move Russell Westbrook. I mean, the contract is just way too big. Again, it would have to be a contract for a contract. And, and the, the players that I keep thinking that may work, 
is if it's a Ben Ben Simmons type where he's not playing in Philadelphia, do you want to get something in return, some value? And then at that point, you're thinking, what actual value would there be? Would this player help our team? Would he help our cause? Hard to say. Hard to say. Um, want to once again mention that we do have a phone number and a hotline for you to leave your name, city you're calling from, an opinion, and we do have a little special treat for you if you know for our best caller of the day or week. Uh, we have tickets for the Los Angeles Kings, Detroit Red, Red Wings, Detroit Red Wings, Los Angeles Kings. That's uh, playing this Saturday, January eighth at Crypto.com Arena. So if you have not seen Crypto.com Arena, and spoiler, it's the exact same arena as Staples Center, uh, definitely call in. And, um, you know, if you have a question or a comment or opinion, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the Lakers and Russell Westbrook's turnover list game. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 and 98.5 The Fan. We will be right back with the Arash Markazi Show. And you are listening to a new generation of radio. The all-new and mightier 1090 AM. You're listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all-new and mightier 1090 AM. When we come around... Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Before we get into the questions, you know, the Super Bowl is in Los Angeles this year, and uh, we will be on Radio Row or close to it, and uh, we will have more information on that in the coming weeks. We also have a big announcement for uh, the Mightier 1090 out there. That's coming on Monday, so a lot of exciting things happening here on the show and on the network. And by the way, one of the other exciting things that's happening is we have our own hotline number where you can call and give us your uh, questions or opinions, and at the end of this week, we will also um, have a special prize for someone who uh, has the best call of the week. That will be uh, two tickets to the Kings-Red Wings game on Saturday at uh, Crypto.com Arena. And again, that number again, 310-400-0340. With that, GA, how else can the great listeners of the show contact us? Well, other than that wonderful uh, hotline that you set up, Arash, you can email us, guys, at Show at gmail.com. That is all lowercase A-R-A-S-H-M-A-R-K-A-Z-I-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Leads us to our first question from Wit Nomad from Palo Alto, because this station does allow us to be heard. That's right. All the way to flamethrower. Yeah, to the uh, Colorado Rockies. Um, <laughs> so, from Wit from Palo Alto, who asks, "Who do you trust more in a playoff game, Austin Reeves or THT?" Listen, I, I get the uh, love that all the Laker fans have for Reeves, and he did have a really big shot against the Mavericks. So, I mean, I, I guess right now, as we sit here today, I'm going to side with Reeves. 
But listen, I mean, THT did win a championship with the Lakers. He has been a productive player for them. He is a streaky player. He's not playing particularly well right now. And obviously, that's uh, not great for the Lakers currently, but also long-term when you talk about perhaps packaging him in a trade to get something of value right now. So... Yeah, that's a long-winded way of me saying, uh, currently speaking, give me Reeves, give me the hillbilly cowboy who already hit a game-winning shot this year on the road in Dallas, so I will take Reeves. I'm with you. I I think that THT, again, needs the ball in his hands to be most effective, and on a team with LeBron James and Russell Westbrook and then Anthony Davis when he gets healthy, Austin Reeves spot him up he can shoot and when teams have tried to target him defensively he's done a great job of not getting beaten exposed on the defensive end of the court so with that being said i don't think the the gap between them is very wide but i i think i do slightly trust reeves a little bit more than tht even though he has no postseason experience obviously so that was going to be my reasoning for picking THT is solely because of that postseason experience right Reeves is nowhere near that (laughs) at all um, right now so once he gets that though I would trust Reeves over THT Um, but as it stands at this current moment in time if I had to pick I'm picking THT just on that uh, postseason experience Thank you so much, Whit, for that question. We're going to move forward to Vincent Hume from Long Beach, who asks, with the Clippers playing the Suns tomorrow, are we seeing a playoff series in the making? You know what? We could. I I do think the Clippers, again, just because the Western Conference is so bad and just because if you're around 500, that gives you a shot to make the the postseason. I mean, I I think the Suns all will be the number two seed. and so I think the Clippers will be in that play-in tournament. I think that if, I mean, certainly if they get Kawhi back, but I mean, I, I think they have the ability to win that play-in tournament. And I would love to see it. I would love to see a rematch. Obviously, it would be a first-round series. It would not be a Western Conference final series like we got a year ago. And I still say, I mean, not like this is a hot take, but I mean, if Kawhi is on the Clippers, I think I think the Clippers would have had a chance to not only win that series, but perhaps win the championship. I, I think they had really turned a corner uh, when they came back in the series against the Mavericks and certainly when they beat the Jazz. And so w- without Kawhi, the fact that they push, pushed the Suns to six games Uh, was a heck of an accomplishment. And again, it was their first ever conference finals in franchise history. So this this game tomorrow will be a rematch of last year's uh, conference finals. No Kawhi, no Paul George. But I do think it could also be a preview of what we'll see in the first round this year. Yeah, I feel like if they can get Paul George back, then you're you're looking at, you know, later down the line, you're, you're looking at, uh, Clippers Suns yeah. rematch uh, playoff series 100 percent, but without that, I just I, I don't have a lot of faith. And I know that they've been winning like here and there, and um, they've been as consistent, I guess, as the Lakers. But I just don't I just don't see them progressing as much, even though they have they have the talent behind them, they have these great players behind them. They just need that leader, and I just don't think that who they have right now can lead them to that promised land. That would be a really fun first-round series, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, obviously, assuming the Clippers can get somewhat healthy by then. Suns, obviously, one of the best teams in the NBA. 
going up against a healthy Clippers team in round one, that would be incredible to watch. Incredible, incredible theater. I would definitely watch all of the games in that series. Yeah, I mean, do you think it would go to seven? Do you think it would go all the way? Right? No, but here's the thing. I mean, if, if Kawhi comes back, and let's just say that he does, let's just say he misses this entire regular season, but his first game back is the, the play-in game, and then he does well in that. That Clippers team is not a team that a number one or two seed would want to face. I mean, that that's a team that, again, if they were healthy a year ago, I think wins a championship. And they certainly, even without Kawhi, was, they, they were in the conference uh, finals. So... I, not only do I think it could go seven games, uh, that's not a series that the Warriors or the Suns want because if Kawhi, again, if he misses this entire season, but he feels healthy enough to come back for the play-in, they, they, they win that, and all of a sudden, a play-in team is playing a top-two seed, and this is not a normal play-in uh, team. It's It's... A healthy Paul George, for example, it's a healthy Kawhi, fully rested Kawhi, one year off Kawhi. Um, you mean, don't think they that, got a chance, but you don't think that he would need more time because I mean, like, I mean, he's he's had a year, so I'm not saying that they would rush him back. But if he's like, listen, I've taken a year off, um, I feel okay. I, I mean, listen, the Clippers are not going to put him in a position to get hurt, but I think if he feels healthy, and again. By the time the play-in tournament comes around, it'll be close to one year off. I, you know, who knows? Who knows? I mean, th- this this happened with the Lakers last season. This happened with, you know, this has happened with multiple teams where their star may come back, but it, the team's not the same. One hundred percent. I mean, so I'm I, just worried about the timing. For yeah, that. I mean, and Kawhi, you know, listen. When you take a year off, you could go two ways. You can say, listen, he is fully rested. True, but he's been off for a year, right? And so, but at the very least, I, there's no way this will be his first games. I mean, again, he's going to have weeks of practices, and he's going to do one on one, two on two, three on three, four on four, five on five drills. And, and, and again, this is basically the same team. So it's not like they have to get used to playing with Kawhi, but um, he is a different player in the postseason. I mean, the, the, the uh, listen, we saw what he did with the Spurs. We've seen what he did in Toronto. And even a year ago, he was having statistically the best postseason we've seen since Shaquille O'Neal back in 2000. And so when they lost Kawhi and they still beat the Jazz and they pushed the Suns to six, shoot. I mean, if they get Kawhi, I mean, that again, that's a series that obviously nobody wants in the first round, especially if you've, you've played all year and you're the one or two seed, you're the Warriors or you're the Suns, and you're like, our reward is playing the Clippers now fully healthy with Kawhi and Paul George? Come on now. Yeah, I mean, I, the mentality definitely changes when you enter the playoffs. I totally get that. And it should. You, you better have a different mentality when you're going into the postseason. I'm just concerned at how they're going to make these shifts, right? Yeah. Because like, obviously he's going to have the ball more in his hands. Some guys are now not used to that because they've played all year long without him. Um, so, but, you know, you never know. They might adjust, like, extraordinarily quick. Like, it might take them, like, not even a, ga- a full game. It might take them two quarters yeah. to adjust to um, having Kawhi there. Yeah. So... We'll see. I mean, knock on wood. Buckets with with Kawhi. Like, I mean, can they? I mean, can they go from a play-in team to all of a sudden be a championship team? Which that that would be crazy. But again, not weird. I mean, if you bring Kawhi on, and the one thing people have said about Kawhi, can he be healthy in the postseason? I mean, Toronto 
really popularize the load management. This is the ultimate load management. You're off for an entire year. I am with Jihei on this one. I think that, yes, they can be a championship team, but he needs time to acclimate yeah. to his role. Not him acclimating to his role. It was what Jihei said, is the other people getting familiar. Now, if you give him... I think that's just like a slippery slope of how much time is enough time to get the team. I think a month of Kawhi before the playoffs, at least three weeks to get acclimated with the team, especially with guys like Reggie Jackson, Eric Bledsoe, who will then go into like the third and fourth option, maybe even lower on the totem pole. It, it makes a huge difference than just throwing him in the fire. And we've seen this with, with injured players coming back it's the same thing with jamal murray and the nuggets it's like give them at least three weeks to a month before the playoffs or else i just think that the the chemistry of the team would definitely be hindered yeah and there's obviously outliers right like when job was gone for you know x amount of time they still they rallied because but that's a different mentality so i think that you know if you're if you're in that mentality and you have this guy which Kawhi has been there for them physically been there and been in the gym and been like hey guys I'm still here this is this is our squad this is our team this is our family so maybe the adjustment won't be as yeah. as as slow right yeah. um, maybe they'll all adjust and just come back like gangbusters on day 1 yeah. um, which obviously would be ideal but yeah I mean I I would say 3 weeks would be a good number uh for him coming back and adjusting and making those um, making those shifts. Thank you so much, Vincent, for that question. We're going to move forward to Trey Curtis from Anaheim, who asks, if Jimmy G were to be out for Sunday's game, are we finally looking at a W for Sean McVay's Rams? This is a tough one because, you know, 49er fans are not big Jimmy Garoppolo fans, but obviously I think G- Jimmy G, you know, does give them the best chance to win. Whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or not, um, they got to find a way to win. Again, they've, they've, they've lost the past five games against San Francisco. Sean McVay has not beaten his old friend uh, Kyle Shanahan since he's taken the job in San Francisco. This is a big one. Listen, San Francisco uh, needs a win if they want to go into the postseason. The Rams need this win if they want to win the division and uh, lock up that number two seed. So... I do think that if it's not Garoppolo, they have a higher percentage chance to win the game. But no matter what, they have to figure out a way to uh, stop the 49ers. And again, that game they played on Monday night up in Santa Clara, I was at that game. I I, I was so excited to be there. I was with a friend um, uh, in his suite. Again, just putting that out there. And I was so excited to enjoy it with my with my glass of wine and my charcuterie. And I mean, they didn't even give me one second to enjoy myself. That was a blowout from the from the very beginning of the game. And so, uh, listen, I know this team has some pride. Uh, they don't want to lose six straight times, three consecutive years of getting swept. So I am picking, no matter who the starting quarterback is, I'm picking the Rams. But clearly, if Jimmy Garoppolo is not under center, they have a slightly greater chance to win this game. Yeah, that's kind of sad that we're even thinking that that he does have a better right. The Niners well, have a better chance. Garoppolo is 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 been a good quarterback for them. But you know what I feel, Jihei? The way the 49ers feel about Garoppolo is a little bit how you felt about Goff, where. 
Listen, they've, he led them to a Super Bowl. Or at least he was the quarterback of the team when they got to the Super Bowl. It's not like he's been a bad quarterback, but there's, there, there, there's no feeling that this is our guy. If we want to win a Super Bowl, Jimmy G's our guy. I mean, that's also why Niners fans were so hyped when they got Trey Lance in the draft. Yeah. So I, I get that. Um, Rams are favored at four and a half points. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not taking that. Because I feel like this game is like... That a, line's gone down, though. I think the has. Rams were favored by six. A big number, yeah. I think, to begin the week. But yeah, the, clearly it's gone down. Yeah. So, I'm, yeah, And I'm assuming like everybody's hammering San Francisco. I think so. Because I would do that, right? Yeah. I would hammer six and a half points My, for, yeah. for San Fran to, to cover that. Like, lose by six. Like, yeah, of course. Why mm-hmm. not? You know? Um I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if there would be a great bet at four and a half, though. Because then what? They'd have to lose by four. Yeah. Right. Or it's, or it's that right? hook always, right? Gina? Yeah. No. And I lo- and again, I love the hook when yeah. somebody's favored, and I like the favorite. I love that hook because it gives me a little cushion. But I I just don't like I don't like it when it's um when the other team's getting points uh, no, like that. And that's a lot actually for a conference matchup to like open up at six and a half. I don't know. I feel. I, I don't know how you guys feel about you know, that. I just think there's this feeling. So generally speaking, when it, when a team has won five straight times, you're thinking, well, listen, that, that they're the favorites. I think there's this feeling. This game is at SoFi Stadium. Sean McVay's a smart guy. The Rams are a good team. They gotta figure out a way to win this game. I mean, like you know, they they they're gonna at some point beat San Francisco and this is again such a big game for the Rams again they, they had that struggle at the midpoint of the season where they lost three consecutive games but now at the end of the year as tough as it's been have the ability to win the division and lock up that two seed so so instinctively speaking we, we don't have the update on Jimmy G do you guys think he's gonna play like I think so I have no, I have nothing to back that up. It's not like I've got, you know. But this is such a big game, also for uh, for San Francisco. If they can win this game, they go to the postseason again. This has been a tough season for them. So all of a sudden, it comes down to this one game. Yeah, I was about to say, if they're in the hunt, then or they're they're in the they're in the wild card mix, correct? Uh, yeah. The Niners, yeah, they're in the wild card. So if they, so win, they win, they're in. Yeah. If they lose, I think that they can still get in with help. That game is on at the same time, though, and the league did that purposely. So the I think if the Cardinals lose, San Francisco still has a chance to win, but they won't know that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, e- either way, it's a must-win situation for both oh, yeah. teams, right? Because no you want to you want to have home field advantage. As the, as the Los Angeles Rams, and you want to be able to make the playoffs as the 49ers. So yeah. either way, like these guys both need to win. So, um, yeah, playoff contention is, is – is, That's huge. Yeah, it's huge. So, I mean, if Jimmy G doesn't play, I don't think that anybody's going to be mad at that because now you can see what the future holds in the yeah. Niners and um, see maybe what you – We'll be looking at in the future with Trey. And I was surprised to hear that because I always thought Jimmy G was sort of like this quarterback of the future. And now the Patriots all, you know, they're not worried because they got the quarterback of the future in Mac Jones. And maybe San Francisco does as well with Lance. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I feel like Jimmy G was definitely a system quarterback when he was with the, the Patriots, Patriots yeah. because he was just going to fit in that system. Same thing with Mac Jones. I feel like if you take him someplace else, he's not playing the way that he's playing well, right true. now. Um, he's definitely a system quarterback. But now you take Jimmy G and you put him in a different system like this. I just I think it like puts a wrench in it. Mm-hmm. So that's probably why everybody's like, look, we need somebody young. We need somebody that's going to be able to run. We need somebody that's going to be able to still like sling it. So they have all that in Trey. So 
good luck for uh, both teams. Go, go Rams. No, I really no, hope no, that no. I really I'm not wishing luck to San Francisco. I'm sorry. Jay. Here's here's my thing. is that <laughs> The only reason why I'm, I, I, I don't care is because they're already in the playoffs. The Rams are already in the playoffs. This yes. is a big one, though. Listen, I, 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 I guess I want two things. I want to win the division, even though, listen, no one's going to go out to, uh, you know, buy the division championship hat. But uh, to get that number two seed is going to be big. I get it that if they have to play the Packers in the conference championship game, they got to go to Lambeau Field. That is the only road game I want them to play. I don't want them to go on the road to play some other team. I mean, I don't think that anybody wants to go away, right? Like we so talked, that's why we they got to win this game? Right? No, 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 100%. But, uh, again, I don't think anybody wants to go and play away because... You know, it messes up your routine. By the way, you know who the one team is? Who may? The Cardinals. The Cardinals are such a good road team. They're a 500 team at home. I think the Cardinals are the one team that might be like, you know what? We don't need any home games. Just on the road. We're totally fine. I, I wonder why that is. Do you remember when the Kings won their first cup in 2012? For whatever reason, they were a better road team than home, home team. And they tried to figure that out because when they would play at home, they would put them up in a hotel. And still, for whatever reason, they were a better road team than than a home team. Maybe I don't they know were why. just a little more relaxed. I don't Could know. Be. That'd be I a good know. question to ask them. Yeah. And just be like, why did you why did win you? all the time at yeah. home or away? Um, well, we are not going away yet. We only have a minute and a half left. Um, and we're going to switch over to Hump Day. So guys, please keep emailing us. Keep hitting us up on that new hotline. Um, that number is 310-400-0340. Um, and all, again, you can always email us at show at gmail.com. Really quick, guys. It is Hump Day. It is the middle of the week. What are you looking forward to in order to get over the hump of this week? Well, listen, I am um, hitting uh, the great state of Indiana for the college football national championship game. That game is on a Monday, but I will be there over the weekend, and I am looking forward to going to Heinkel, Heinkel Fieldhouse Hoosiers. Uh, G.K., you are a big uh, college basketball fan. I am not because I went to USC. We're not a college hoops school. So I'm looking forward to my trip, and I'm looking forward to the college football national championship game. I am also looking forward to Indiana, but not for the same reasons. Tonight, <laughs> Kyrie Irving is That's back right. in Indiana. That will be very exciting to see the Brooklyn Nets finally fully back. Yes. Yeah, mine is, again, always going to be Duke-related. Duke plays this weekend, so <laughs> can't wait to watch some ACC play. Looking forward to that. All right. Listen, this is going to be such a fun week for us. We have some big announcements about the show coming up in the future, so looking forward to that. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. The Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all-new and mightier 1090 AM. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 